0: Good morning, RCF. Good morning. I want to see the people that are free make some noise. Yeah. And, and while, while you're standing, would you give my nephew a hand clap of praise? for standing boldly and declaring King's speech. I know he would be proud of the legacy that still lives on in him. If you really follow the legacy of Martin Luther King, he did not get to experience the struggle, the victories from the struggle. It was not until after he was assassinated that we began to look at the message of liberty and freedom. And so while he was going through that process, I will tell you that he had a comforter that was with him. The same comforter that was with him, God has left with us. I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna get right into the word. Shall we pray together? Gracious God, our Father, we just come now as your humble servants, giving thanks for another day. Giving thanks, Lord God, that we have assembled here today, knowing that our freedom to gather in the house of the Lord, we do not take it lightly. Truly, we realize that we are now in the inner courts. And so Father, we didn't need the priest to come in and prepare the court. Your spirit dwells on the inside of us. And because of your spirit dwelling on the inside of us, we entered into this holy place with hands lifted up, with praise on our lips, clapping in our hands, stomping in our feet. And Lord, we realize that today, truly this is a day That you have made we rejoice because we're glad we're in it and now Lord God as the songs have been sung we pray that they were pleasing in your sight as the prayers have been rendered we know that you have a listening ear and that they will be answered but now Lord God I ask that I will decrease and that your spirit will increase give me preaching power let the anointing fall fresh upon me so that your people will see your spirit moving and father as your word goes forward we pray now that the hearts and the minds of your people are in a posture to receive what heaven has to say for the circumstances and the situations in their lives holy spirit have your will and have your way now let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. We ask and pray this in the mighty, the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, amen. Amen Amen and amen. Does anybody need a word today? Amen. In reference to God's word, would you please stand now for the reading of his word? Today is a very familiar uh, text or passage of scripture And I think it resonates with where we are as a church body, as well as a community. Um, With this being a new year, we're always talking about doing new things and making New Year's resolutions. And those of us that are believers of the faith, we make vision boards to plant the vision. The scripture says to write the vision and to make it plain upon tablets. And so we practice uh, or exercise that vision when God speaks to us. And so I pray today that this will be a prophetic word for this body. Today's text is coming from the book or the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19 grabs our attention. Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. AND I WILL BE READING FROM THE KING JAMES MESORRECT TRANSLATION OF THE BIBLE. ISAIAH 43, 18-19. WHEN YOU HAVE IT, SAY amen. AMEN. THIS IS GOD'S RECORDED WORD. THIS IS THE PROPHET SPEAKING. REMEMBER YE NOT THE FORMER THINGS, NEITHER CONSIDER THE THINGS OF OLD. BEHOLD, I will do a new thing, not it shall spring forth shall ye not know it, I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. This is God's recorded word. I want to preach, talk, teach from the subject today, don't look back. Don't look back. Before you take your seats, I want you to uh, just tell your neighbor, don't you look back. Now tell your other neighbor, don't you look back. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Don't you, me, us look back. I want to just dive right into it. Is that all right? No introductions. I just want to dive right into the text. And so we have the prophet Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah was one of the major prophets. He was a major prophet because of the content that he wrote. And when you look at Isaiah, he literally accepted his call at the age of 25. I want you to think about that. He was 25 years old. God spoke to him and he said, here am I, send me at 25. I don't know about you, but at 25, the last thing I was saying to myself or to God was, here am I, send me. It was more like, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to, this is where I want to go. These are the people that I want to see. And if I be real with you, this is the drink that I want to drink. This is the club that I want to party at. And if it wasn't Sunday morning, I'd tell you the people that I wanted to sleep with. That was my, prof- my prophecy. But not Isaiah. Isaiah 25 said, here am I, send me. When you think about that. It is a a very bold statement to make. Here am I, send me. Because when he says, here am I, send me, he really doesn't know exactly where God is going to send him. Have you been there? God tells you to do a thing. He's like, is he talking to me? he tells you to speak into somebody's life and you're like, did he really say that? Me? Little little old me? Not, Not Isaiah. See, when you look at the prophets of old, not only did they foretell to people, but in Isaiah's time frame or his life, he literally spoke to four different kings. I want you to realize Four different kings he prophesied to. Literally his prophecy spanned about 50 years. So imagine God speaking to you, telling you to prophesy to the people for 50 years. I say that because everybody that say they're a prophet ain't a prophet. Prophets foretell Which means in that 50 years, he established credibility. Not only to what he said, but he had witnesses to the people that he spoke to. And I don't know about you, but the scripture reminds us that in the latter days, there will be false prophets. Have you watched the news Have you seen all of the pastors and the preachers and the churches that are falling left and right, that they have no witness, that they have no word to where the people are going astray like lambs before the slaughter? Because they're not prophesying, they're prophesying. See, truth knows truth. Let me just help you out. When, when someone comes to you and they said, God told me to tell you this, it's not an indication that God didn't tell you first. A real prophet is only confirming what God already told you. So there's a difference between when a prophet says, God told me to tell you this. And you receive it because you know in your own individual time and relationship, God spoke the same word to you. That's good. Don't look back. Because looking back will take you to places, spaces that you don't want to revisit. So when we look at this prophet, go back and read verses 14 through 19. And in two places, verses 14 and 16, he says, thus says the Lord. I want you to get that. I want you to, to grasp what is taking place. The prophet says, thus says the Lord. Not thus says Samuel James. Not thus says Uh, the the president not thus says your congressman not thus says your neighbor no he said thus says the Lord which indicates that God spoke to him and when God speaks to you he doesn't speak to you in the flesh God is a spirit and they that worship him worship him in spirit and in truth so it, it lets you know that That Isaiah spent some time with God in the Spirit. So much so that God spoke to him for 50 years, prophesying to the people, prophesying to kings. He says, Thus says the Lord. Now, don't close your Bible because when you read verses 14 through 19, it is a prophecy. Which means, I want you to get this, which means that when he spoke this word to the children of Israel, it had not yet come to pass. He's telling them something that is going to take place before it happens. Now that's interesting because we have the privilege of seeing history and reading the text to see that the actual prophecy came to pass. Now, I want you to understand, let me break it down in, in, in layman's terms so that we can grasp what's taking place. Here's a little tried example. I think it'll, it'll resonate to what we're saying. Um, there may be some smokers in here. You don't have to raise your hand. There may be some smokers in here. And on the cigarette pack, it has a message from the Surgeon General that says that uh, if you smoke these cigarettes, it contains nicotine and some other chemicals and that over a period of time, it may cause harm to your body. And so you read the label, it was a prophecy but you didn't heed the warning. Right. You said, forget about that. I'm going to do me. I'm going to be me. And so you started smoking. Now I'm going to fast forward. The, the message or the warning was Isaiah speaking to you. Gave you the warning saying, do this. If you don't do it, then here is the repercussions of the consequences of you disobeying that warning so that's the warning that Isaiah gives to the children of Israel so let me give you the context so that you can understand the content of this text so Isaiah he's speaking to the children of Israel you all know the story of the children of Israel they they're in bondage in Egypt. They leave Egypt. They go out into the wilderness. They travel for 40 days or 40 years, wandering about in a circle, murmuring, griping, complaining. Need a leader. I need uh, we need a god that we can worship. So they they make an idol, God in the golden calf. Pastor Katani preached on that, and so. All of these things are indications of their history. And Isaiah is reminding them of the 700 years of the time frame from when he prophesies to when it actually happens. They're looking like, what is he talking about? But he he reminds them of their past. When he reminds them of their past, they wonder To and fro. You remember how uh, they get to the promised land and God tells Moses to send out the 12 spies and the 12 spies go out into the promised land. 10 spies come back with a, a bad report. Two come back with a good report, Joshua and Caleb. And after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, their disobedience, that generation they don't make it into the promised land. Forty years of wondering and you don't get to see the prize. Joshua and Caleb, however, the two spies that come back with the good report, they actually get an opportunity to make it into the promised land. And that generation is blessed. Maybe this morning what this text is telling us, remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old, God is telling you, don't look back. Walk with me now. And so when we look at this text, the people or the children of Israel, the one thing that they tried to do was remember their past. To the point that while they were in the wilderness, They actually said, when we were in Egypt, at least we had food. When we were in Egypt, at least we had uh, shelter. Because your mind is remembering the past and not looking at the circumstance or the situations that you're in. God is trying to do a new thing in your life. But you're stuck on familiar spirits. So if you're taking notes. Point number one, when you look at your past, don't get caught in familiar spirits. When you look at your past, don't get caught in familiar spirits. So what are familiar spirits? These are the places that when you are in a situation, if your relationship is with God, the familiar spirit that's gonna come out is your relationship with God. But if you're in the world, the familiar spirits that come out is the things that you used to do before you were saved. Now remember, salvation in the Old Testament is not the same as it is in the New Testament. These children of Israel, they went back to their familiar spirits. We fast forward, Genesis chapter 19, Verse 26 is a very familiar text where uh, we read the story of Lot and his family. They were in Sodom and Gomorrah. and an angel, God dispatches two angels from heaven telling Lot to take your your two son-in-laws, your two daughters, and your wife and leave Sodom and Gomorrah. You remember that story? And so the angels come down. They speak to Lot. Lot gives the marching orders and tells them to to leave out of Sodom and Gomorrah. One, the two son-in-laws, they ignore him. Two, he gathers his family together, and as they're departing, verse 26, because it was a familiar spirit, it literally says that Lot's wife looked back. And when she looked back, the scripture says that she turned into a pillar of salt. Now when you do a word study and check the etymology of that word, look back, it literally means that she was looking back to a place of pleasure. In other words, it was a familiar spirit And she didn't want to leave. So, the pitfall of you looking back will literally cost you your life. Make it plain, sir. Make it plain, sir. That's not me. That's text. Let me make it plain to you. So, it's New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve falls on a Sunday. But you know what we do on New Year's. Eve, I'm sorry, New Year's Day fell on a Sunday, but New Year's Eve was on a Saturday. And the old you said, hey, you know, it's Sunday morning, it's New Year's Eve, I usually get my drink on, I usually go to the club, I get my party, I do the things that I want to do. And, you know, I could could catch RCF on online, YouTube, social media. Get a little drink on. Ain't nobody going to know. I get to sleep in. But what you didn't know is when you went to that familiar spot, Satan dispatched his angels. And because you were in the wrong place at the wrong time when the spray bullet was shot, it hit you. Familiar spirits can get you in trouble. Literally to the point that you could lose your life. And so, He is literally prophesying or foretelling 100 years before the Babylonians actually came into power. I want you to get that. He's telling the children of Israel that you're going to be slaves to the Babylonians before it literally happens 100 years prior to it happening. So imagine, again, that warning label from the Surgeon General saying, if you smoke these cigarettes, it has some consequences that could lead to some health problems. And here it is, 50 years later. (coughs) You can barely breathe. You can barely make it up a flight of steps. Why? Because you didn't heed the warning that was on the label telling you that this could lead to you having health issues. Isaiah gives that same warning to the children of Israel. And just like the person that ignored the label, they decided that they was going to do what they was going to do. And over a period of time, what he prophesied literally came to pass. The Babylonians, they seized the children of Israel and they are in captivity. They're in bondage. And so, in in part B of verse 18, he says, Neither consider the things of old. When they considered the things of old, they looked at their past and got stuck in the past. Because God always delivered the children of Israel from their enemies. But it was this this cycle of doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. And the definition of that is insanity. They literally were insane because they were doing the same thing over and over again and expecting God was going to deliver them again. Because he always does. We're the children of Israel. He's going to deliver us again but let me tell you this morning, yes, we are the children, the sons, the daughters of God. But when you sin, there are consequences from your sins. Yes, God's grace and mercies are brand new each and every day. Yes, God loves you with his whole heart. He loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that he would give his life so that you would have life and to have life more abundantly. And all of the promises that he's given you in the, in the New Testament for the believers, his last covenant, his last will and testament for the believers. But there are consequences to your sin. When the children of Israel look back, they limit, they put limits on God. Let me say that again. The children of Israel, when they look back, when you look back, when you think, when you remember the things in your life, They literally did that and put a limitation on God, thinking that that's all God can do. I came to declare to you today that as we transition to verse 19, God is doing a new thing. Did you hear me? God is doing a new thing. It's not a cliche. You see it. Look around you. Do you see the attendance increasing? Did you feel the spirit of God moving this morning? God is doing a new thing. He says, behold, again, this is Isaiah. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and the rivers in the desert. Literally, God is showing us that not only the Babylonians seized the children of Israel and they were scattered abroad. Isaiah is speaking to the southern kingdom. Remember, in this time frame, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, they were separated. You had the southern kingdom, which was Judah. Isaiah is speaking to the southern kingdom, which is Judah, and reminding them that yes, the Babylonians took over. Yes, you were held in bondage. Yes, you were led in captivity. But God tells them, I am doing a new thing. Well, what's the new thing? If we look at the New Testament, He reminds us as believers in Christ that in the Old Testament, that was his prophecy. In the New Testament, it was the fulfillment of prophecy. If you go back and read Isaiah, he prophesied that there was going to be a Messiah that would come that will take away the sins of this world. And that's good news to us because... Isaiah and the prophets of old, they did not get to see the prophecy come to fulfillment. But we today, as believers of Christ, we have 66 books that reminds us of the history of who we are and whose we are. And so that's good news to the believer. He literally tells the children of Israel to forget. To forget. To forget. To forget literally means to no longer give memory its weight. To forget, to no longer give memory its weight. Because if you give memory its weight, it literally will weigh you down. It's okay to remember things of the past so that you learn from the past and not make the same mistakes. But God says, don't give your past weight. All right, y'all looking at me crazy. Okay, so here's the weight. You were in a toxic relationship. You parted ways like the Red Sea. But while you parted ways, you was on Facebook, and you get a friend request from that toxic person that you just parted from. And the, the spirit in you says... Don't accept that friend request. But the flesh in you says, Well, you know, we had some good times together. I got some memories, man. The memories. Whoo! Boy, we had some good times together. But God says, No, don't do that. Which one are you gonna feed? You gonna feed your flesh or you gonna feed the spirit? Because if you feed the flesh, now that weight, you accepted the friend request, you invited that toxic person back in your life, and the same chaos you left came right back. Yeah. It's okay to look at the past, but don't get stuck in the past. No longer give memory its weight, you render memory powerless. No longer give memory its weight, you render memory powerless. In other words, now the spirit of God that's on the inside of you takes over and you look at that friend request, you just check, delete, move on. That's when you know the spirit of God and you hear the voice of God. He says, my, my sheep hear my voice because he's a good shepherd. So do not dwell on the past. This is when you play things over and over and over in your mind do not or don't keep rehearsing or replaying something over and over in your mind because eventually your mind is going to give in to your flesh you gotta as we will say you gotta keep it moving gotta keep it moving and so we have Isaiah now he's given us indication of he's doing a new thing. What is this new thing? Uh, If we look at the new things that he's doing, he looks toward our future and he sees redemption, he sees restoration to the people of God. Let me say that again. When they were obedient to hearing the word of God, he gives them hope to let them know that they are the redeemed of God and that God is is restoring his people. Our church is called Restoration Christian Fellowship where we belong, believe, and we behave. God has sent you here for this new year. He is speaking to you and reminding you that this is the place of restoration. This is the place of redemption. This is the place where he wants to use your gifts and your talents for his glory. It's not by circumstance or coincidence that you're here today. I came to declare to you that the new thing that God is doing at restoration, we can't do it without you. All right. Let me say it one more time because maybe you didn't feel it. Or maybe you didn't get it because God is speaking to you right now saying your gifts, your talents, your knowledge, your connections, your network. He's saying that this is a season that he's brought you back to the house of worship, a place called restoration where he wants to restore you. He wants to mend the brokenhearted. He wants to reclaim you to his body. You are, we are his bride. And he is preparing a ceremony for me and for you. But we can't do it without you. We need you. He says, don't get stuck on the old things because it's possible that you might miss the new thing. Don't get stuck on the old thing because you might miss the new thing. The one thing in life that is constant, it's change. There are a lot of churches that said during 2019, oh, we ain't doing no internet, we ain't doing no, no social media. We gonna keep our doors open. And the same doors that you tried to keep open, now they're closed. Because God was showing us that as we transition, he's a spirit, he's constantly moving. There was a company, uh, GE, they did a commercial and their their slogan was, the next big thing. We have gone to the world, expecting the world to give us the next big thing. When God says his word, his people, the next big thing is coming from the church, not from the world. The gifts and the talents that he has put on the inside of you, Paul says to stir them gifts up. It's time that we stir up the gifts in the body of Christ so that the people that are in this community, they want to know what is it that they're doing over there restoration. Pallet houses, safe parking, giving to the hungry, feeding them, all of the things that we're doing, they want to be a part of that. God says that in 2023, take notice, Restoration Christian Fellowship, you the next big thing. Not, not GE, not Tesla, Restoration. You're the next big thing. And it's only gonna happen When we come together as one, you know what happens when when the body of Christ comes together at one? (laughs) Holy Spirit said, do a spirit check. Do you know what happens when the body of Christ comes together in unity? It's been a minute since I I became your your hype man, your your Christian cheerleader it's been a minute but I got to remind you that when the people of God come together on one accord anybody read Acts chapter 2 verse 1 alright so when, when, when I say spirit check one of my sermon titles was won't he do it Y'all remember that? So the Holy Spirit just told me, hey, check a vibe. See where they at because we can't move forward if we're not on one accord. So when I say, won't he do it? I got some believers still in the house. I see some new faces. So this is how this goes. When I say, won't he do it? Your response is, yes, he will. So let me do it one more time. Spirit check. Won't he do it? Yes, he will. Don't you look back. Don't you look back. Because God is doing a new thing. And, and, and so when we look at this new thing that he's doing, in 2023, we can learn from our past mistakes. In 2023, we can learn from our past mistakes. As Pastor Katani gave you a preamble of next week so you came in you looked at your clock your watch he was like you know 10:30 we're going to be out of here they're going to sing the song they're going to come up they're going to do announcements they're going to take up an offering mm no no that was that was that was 2022 all right yeah. we We're not doing that anymore Mm-mm. We're going to flow with the Spirit. Have, have you seen water when a wave starts? It's, it's a, a ripple effect. Right? It's a ripple effect. God said in 2023, I want you to get on the wave. I, I, I want you to catch the ripple. I I, I want you to catch the ripple because, see, I I see some folks my age. You remember back, um, sporting events? And you, see, some of y'all already know. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. You started the wave. Yeah. Up and down. Up and down. The wave, right? God said in 2023, there's gonna be a ripple wave effect. <laughs> <laughs> d- d- did you hear me? In 2023, there's going to be a ripple wave effect. I don't, I'm not going to have to tell you to pick them up and put them down. The Holy Spirit is going to have you picking them up and putting them down. He's going to have you raising your hands because we're doing a new thing remind your neighbor don't look back back." I'm almost done and so God told me to, to, to close it like this he said that in this season we can learn from our past but God doesn't want us to get stuck in the past he wants us to release the weight of your past to get rid of the baggage that's causing you to lose sleep, lose weight, lose your peace of mind, and even your salvation. Because we're doing a new thing. God wants us to start looking ahead. He wants us to look to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. God has given us new life through Jesus the Christ. We are the new creatures in Christ Jesus. So we must be willing to let go of some things and some people. Yeah, you heard me. Let go of some things and some people. Why? Because he's giving you a new mind. You're a new creature. You're not going to those places anymore. You're not having conversations with those familiar spirits anymore. Because those familiar spirits sometimes will seduce you and the familiar spirits become seducer spirits and the seducer spirits become foul spirits and before you know it you back out in the world backslid and wondering how did i get in this place no god says we're doing a new thing he says in romans 8 31 what shall we then say to these things if god be for us who can be against us He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Somebody say, All things. things. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? You are God's elect. It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God. Somebody say, he's interceding on my, he's on my behalf. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? Somebody say no. no. Disgress? Somebody say no. no. Persecution? Somebody say no. no. Famine? Somebody say no. no. Nakedness? Somebody say no. no. Peril? Somebody say no. no. Or sword? Somebody say no. Why? Because it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Now here's your shout for I am, my mind, persuaded, thinking, I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, no depth, nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That was your shout, that was your shout, but somebody say it gets better. That was your shout, but somebody said it gets better. Amen. Why? Because Paul gives us even more encouragement in this text. Philippians 3:13 says this. Brethren, sisters, you included. I count now myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind. Back to the title. Don't you look back and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Somebody say a new thing. A new thing. I, press. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let me demonstrate it. Let me make it plain for you. So, Paul is writing, he gives you the picture of a runner. He's running this race. He running. I'm not tired yet. He running. You've been in this thing for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. But I'm not tired yet. Because my eyes is on the prize. I'm not tired yet. And so the imagery here is of actual Track Relay, anybody ran track? Yes. Okay, yeah. So, Brother Al right here, he's the third leg in the race. I'm just saying, I'm the anchor. And so, when you run track, you use code words, right? Some people say stick, right? But I, I like this one. Just read it in the text. He said he's reaching for the prize yes. of the high collar. Yes. So, Brother Al, we got our mark. This is our mark between the speakers right here. Y'all track people. Y'all know you put the tape down show your mark. So, mark. so, Brother Al is at his mark, and he's going to give me my sign or my signal. And I'm going to... Reach, forward. I got it, right? But did you see what I did? did? Did you see what I did? Somebody got it. Forward. I look back. I look back. Guess what? Satan was running right here beside you. And while you was running, you looked back, and you became that pillar of salt. Cause he, he out in front now and you know, if you've seen any, t- any, uh, relay races, when you look back, that could cost you a 10th of a sec and you lose a race. Mm. That's, that's not what we're doing in 2023. No, uh uh-uh. We're not looking back. We're not looking back. This is what we're doing in 2023. Me and brother Al, we running, we, 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 we tracking folks down. He's going to give me the sign. He's going to give me the word. Reach. I ain't looking back. This is the finish line. Huh? I ain't looking back. I'm reaching. I'm reaching. Why? Because God is doing a new thing. Don't you look back.